Hi, Rebecca Shear here. Looking for more ways to circle round with us? Join the Circle Round Club and get all sorts of great perks, like a welcome box with Circle Round goodies, monthly newsletters, even ad-free episodes, and bonus bedtime stories. Support our public radio podcast and sign up now at wbur.org slash Club. Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. This summer, Circle Round is presenting a really fun series with the Boston Symphony Orchestra. We're releasing four episodes featuring instruments played by BSO musicians. So far, you've heard the double bass and the viola. We'll continue our series on August 4th with the tuba. In the meantime, here's a favorite Circle Round story from season one about the amazing things that happen when we all work together to reach a common goal. With everything going on in the world, this tale really resonates with us right now. We hope you enjoy it, too. Do you remember the last time someone shared with you? Perhaps a friend shared a toy, or a family member shared a book. Maybe a grown-up shared a funny joke. It felt good to be shared with, right? And seeing how happy you were probably made that person feel good, too. Well, in today's story, we'll meet some people who don't know the first thing about sharing until a young girl teaches them the lesson of a lifetime. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. Today, our story is called Latchkey Stew. You'll hear versions of this tale in many countries, from France, Portugal, and Sweden, to Russia and Jamaica. Some really great folks came together to help bring you this folktale, including Journey Smollett-Bell. Grown-ups, you may recognize her from the television shows Underground and Friday Night Lights. And kids, you may know her from Sophia the First on Disney Junior. So, circle around, everyone. For Latchkey Stew. It had been a long, hard winter on the small farm where Rachel lived with her mother. And after so many months of snow and cold, they both were very tired and very hungry. What little grain they had, they fed to their cows, who provided a bit of milk, and to their chickens, who laid a few eggs every now and again. But otherwise, Rachel and her mother were left with grumbling bellies as they eagerly awaited the spring. Rachel, once all this snow melts... We'll be able to harvest some vegetables and either eat them or sell them at the market. But for now, we have next to nothing. How will we make it until spring comes? Do you have any ideas? Well, we may not have much, Mother, but we have each other. That's the most important thing. As for finding something for us to eat, don't you worry. I'll set off down the road first thing tomorrow and figure out something. The next morning, Rachel hugged her mother goodbye and set off down the road. In her knapsack were some scraps of food and an old tin pot so she could cook as she traveled. She passed through dense forests and rolling meadows. She crossed rivers and streams. Every now and again, she stopped to light a fire and cook a meager meal in her tin pot. By the third day, Rachel was all out of food, and her stomach was empty as a scooped-out pumpkin. 
As she climbed down a big, steep hill, she found herself in a sunny valley. So sunny, in fact, that it felt way too warm to be winter. Why, the snow is melting already! I can see the lush green grass poking up from the earth. But that wasn't all Rachel could see. Tucked away in this warm, sunny valley was a town. A comfortable-looking town with elegant houses and tidy front lawns. Rachel noticed most of the house's windows were open to let the warm breeze blow in. But when she looked at the house's front doors, Rachel noticed something odd. Locks? Every single house has at least half a dozen locks on the door. Padlocks, deadbolts, latchkey locks. Hmm. I wonder what all these people are trying to protect. Well, it doesn't matter. Their houses look nice and their yards are pristine. They must have more than enough to be content. No doubt they'll have plenty of food to share with a hungry traveler. Rachel walked up to a lovely red house and knocked on the front door. A voice called out from inside. Who's there? Please, ma'am. My mother and I had a tough winter on our farm, and we are very hungry. I've come a long way to ask for something to eat. Might you have any food to share? Rachel heard a series of jingles, jangles, clicks, and clacks as the woman undid the many locks on her door. She opened it a crack and peeked her face out. Rachel noticed she was squinting her eyes suspiciously. Some food to share with a stranger? I've worked hard for everything I have, and I won't even share it with my own neighbors. So the answer is no. And with that, the woman slammed the door shut right in Rachel's face. Rachel was shocked, but thinking of her hungry mother back home, She was also determined. So she walked down the road to another house. And another. And another. Yet every time she knocked on a lock-filled door and asked for food, she heard the same thing. Share food? With you? A complete stranger? Do you know how hard I worked to get the food I have? Not even my neighbors can get their hands on it. The answer is no. After a few hours of this, Rachel was hungrier and more confused than ever. I don't understand. All these people, they seem so well off and yet they won't share. If I lived in one of their fancy houses, I'd share everything I had. And I certainly wouldn't put all those locks on my door. I mean, with so many locks, can you imagine all the keys you'd have to... That's when Rachel had an idea. But of course! Keys! Rachel ran around the valley, picking up twigs and branches. She filled her tin pot with crystal clear water from the stream. Then, in the middle of the road, in front of all the houses, she used the twigs and branches to build a fire. She placed her pot on top of the fire. As the water began to boil, the bubbles grew bigger and bigger. Soon, the sound of bubbling water was drifting through the village, right through the open windows of all the houses. The first woman Rachel encountered stuck her head out a window on the second floor. Hey, you! Who are you anyway? And what in the world do you think you're doing, boiling water in the middle of the street? Rachel smiled her warmest smile. Why, hello again! My name is Rachel, and... (laughs) I'm 
just making stew. Just then, another neighbor popped his head out of his window. Did I hear you say you're making stew? In the middle of the road? What kind of stew? Rachel turned to the man. What kind of stew, you ask? Why, only the most delicious stew you've ever tasted. (laughs) You see, this stew is magic. Magic? Now a third neighbor popped her head out of her window. Tell us, exactly how do you make this magic stew? Rachel glanced at the locks on all the neighbor's doors. Well, first, I'll need a very special ingredient. Tell me, might you have any keys? Why, yes. It just so happens I have plenty of keys. As do I. I do, too. Wonderful. I'll take one from each of you. The neighbors' heads all disappeared from their windows. Within moments, Rachel once again heard jingles, jangles, clicks, and clacks as the neighbors undid the many locks on their doors. She smiled to herself as her plot began to play out. This latchkey stew could be the key to teaching these people how to share. Let's just hope my plan works. What do you think Rachel has up her sleeve? After all, what kind of stew can you possibly make with keys? We'll find out what Rachel's cooking up after a quick break. Support for Circle Round comes from Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Circle Round. That's Indeed.com slash Circle Round. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've been looking for even more ways to circle round with super fans like you. And now we've got another one. The Circle Round Club. When you join the Circle Round Club, not only do you support the public radio station that makes Circle Round possible, but you can get all sorts of perks, including a welcome box with Circle Round goodies, weekly activity emails, monthly newsletters from me, Rebecca Shear, and early access to Circle Round events. You can also get bonus bedtime stories, behind-the-scenes videos, and ad-free episodes. Sign up now at wbur.org slash Club. Welcome back to Circle Round. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today, our story is called Latchkey Stew. When we left off, a hungry traveler named Rachel had arrived in a town where nobody wanted to share. In fact, all the neighbors had many locks on their doors to keep others out. So Rachel decided to do something about it. She told the neighbors she was going to make a magic stew using a very special ingredient, keys. When Rachel asked the neighbors to bring her this special ingredient, they dashed out of their houses and thrust a pile of keys into Rachel's open hands. Thank you! Wow, these keys will make excellent stew! The only problem is, I'm using such a small pot. Hmm... I won't be able to make very much latchkey stew, I'm afraid. The first woman Rachel had met that day, the very first person to slam the door and refuse to share any food, spoke up. 
Well, I'm pretty sure I have a bigger pot tucked away somewhere. I'll go get it. Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Huh. Not bad for folks who claim they wouldn't even share with their own neighbors. As Rachel waited for the bigger pot to arrive, she heard even more jingles, jangles, clicks, and clacks as even more neighbors undid the many locks on their doors and rushed outside. We heard you're making latchkey stew. Latchkey stew? Is it true? I've never heard of latchkey stew. It must be magic. By now, the entire town had filed out onto the street. Rachel swapped her small tin pot for the larger one and filled that larger pot with water. One by one, she dropped the neighbor's keys into the pot. Then Rachel stirred the water, tasted it, and stirred it some more. What this latchkey stew needs now, I think, is some salt and pepper. Oh, I have salt and pepper. I'll be right back. When the neighbor returned with the salt and pepper, Rachel sprinkled in a bit of each. Then she tried another taste. Mmm, I can taste the magic working already. But when I make this latchkey stew, I sometimes help it along by adding a carrot. I'm sure I can give you many carrots. I'll run home and fetch them. Wonderful! And you know, no batch of latchkey stew is complete without potatoes. I have potatoes. I'll be back in a flash. The neighbors scurried to their houses and came back with armloads of carrots and potatoes. They even helped Rachel slice the vegetables into the stew. Rachel stirred and tasted, tasted and stirred. You know, the last time I made latchkey stew, I added far more ingredients than this. Something is missing, but I can't figure out what. Suddenly, much to Rachel's delight, all the neighbors began to chime in. What about sweet potatoes? I can bring sweet potatoes. And I can bring squash. I have mushrooms. I have oregano. I'll go get turnips. I'll go get beets. As Rachel watched the growing excitement, she couldn't help but beam from ear to ear. Well, my friends, no need to wait. Bring everything, everything. We can put it all into the pot. Within minutes, vegetables were flying through the air and landing in the stew with a splash. The pot grew fuller and fuller, and the stew grew richer and richer. Before long, the huge pot was filled to the brim. The simmering stew sent out puffs of fragrant steam, and the most scrumptious smell drifted through the air. Again, Rachel stirred and tasted, tasted and stirred. The neighbors looked at her with wide eyes and watering mouths. Well? Is the latchkey stew ready? Rachel put one last spoonful of stew to her lips. She took a long sip. Good news, my friends. At last, the stew is ready. But here's the thing about latchkey stew. You see, it's bad luck to eat it alone. So it looks like you'll have to join me. With that, the neighbors immediately jumped into action. I'll run and grab some tables. I'll help you carry them. And I'll bring chairs. Me too. I'll lend my bowls and spoons. And I'll bring tablecloths and candles. This is becoming quite the party. The neighbors set the tables right in the middle of the road. As they straightened tablecloths and lit candles, they chattered amongst themselves like excited schoolchildren. It's not every day we get to eat latchkey stew. Don't you think a fine meal like this one deserves some bread? 
Yes, and cheese. And bowls of fresh fruit. Rachel watched with pleasure as the neighbors suggested more and more side dishes for the latchkey stew. Listen, my friends, the more the merrier. (laughs) If you have more to share, we will share even more of a feast. The neighbors laughed and giggled as they ran home to grab more food. As they sat down to eat, everyone's smile was as big as the pot of latchkey stew. All right, everybody, let's dig in. For a few moments, all you could hear was the sound of spoons scraping against bowls. Then, some slurping. And then... Oh my goodness! Have you ever tasted such glorious stew? And when was the last time we all sat down for a feast like this? Gosh, I don't know that we ever have. And to think, all this delicious magic started with a handful of keys! The banquet continued well into the night. The neighbors told stories, sang songs, and when it grew too dark and chilly to remain outside, they undid every single lock on their doors and opened their homes to continue celebrating inside. What about you, Rachel? Won't you come celebrate with us? Our doors are wide open. Rachel smiled and reached for her knapsack. Oh, my friends, I wish I could, but... It's time I go back to my mother. You see, she's been home all this time, waiting for me to bring food to get us through the rest of the winter. Well, why didn't you say so? We have plenty of food to spare. My goodness, you were kind enough to share your magic latchkey stew with us. The least we can do is share our food with you. The neighbors grabbed Rachel's knapsack and ran from house to house, stuffing the bag with all sorts of fruits and vegetables. Then they found a wooden box and loaded it with cheese and eggs. They took another box and piled it high with bread. Wow! What generosity! So much food! But I have a long journey ahead of me. I'm not sure how I'll even be able to carry it all. Just then, one of the neighbors walked up, leading a tall brown horse. Rachel, this was an evening and a stew to remember. Please, take this horse and ride home safely to your mother. Rachel was so touched, her eyes filled with tears. How can I ever thank you? Oh, I know! She reached into her apron pocket and rummaged around. Then she pulled out the keys! The same keys the neighbors had given her to start the latchkey stew. As a token of my gratitude and appreciation, I give you back your keys. You see, now they've been touched with the magic of the latchkey stew. So you all can come together and make this special stew whenever you wish. And with that, Rachel climbed onto her new horse, waved her new friends farewell, and galloped back home to her mother. As the years passed, the neighbors came together quite frequently to make latchkey stew. With all their celebrating, they eventually misplaced one of the keys Rachel had given them, then another, and another. Finally, all of the magic keys were gone. But the neighbors realized they could come together and make and enjoy latchkey stew without any keys. Because, you see, the magic ingredient in latchkey stew isn't the latchkey. It's the sharing.
Now it's your turn. What can you share today? It might be a thing you can see and touch, like a book or even food. Or it could be something else, like a story or a joke. Now share that something with someone and draw a picture about how sharing made you feel. Then show that picture to a friend or a grown-up or to us. Tell your grown-ups our email address is circleround at wbur.org. Special thanks to our actors in today's tale, Roseanne Kane, Anne Underland, Hannah Kenny, Maisie Scarpa, Jacob Yeh, Jefferson Russell, Tom Whaley, and Journey Smollett-Bell. Kids, you can hear Journey on Disney Junior's Sophia the First, where she plays the role of Krista. And grown-ups, you can see Journey in Underground and Friday Night Lights. Can't get enough of Latchkey Stew? You can find other versions of this story, plus really fun illustrations that you can color on our website. Tell your grown-ups to visit wbur.org slash circle round. Circle Round is a production of WBUR. Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling around with us. One of the best things about creating Circle Round is hearing from listeners like you. Circle Round fans have been telling us about their favorite Circle Round stories, and we're excited to share some of their voices with you. Hi, my name is Corlin, and I live in England, and my favorite Circle Round story is the Rusty Cowbell. My favorite part is when the landlord keeps running from stall to stall, ringing that cowbell every day. Hi, my name is Ronan, and I live in England, and my favorite Circle Round story is the death and loaves of bread. And my favorite part is when the death and loaves soar through the air. Did someone mention an episode you missed? No problem. You can find every single Circle Round story on our website. That's wbur.org slash circle round, or wherever you and your grown-ups get your podcasts.